How are you doing? I do appreciate you guys. I especially appreciate those of you that pray for us. We pray for you. I pray for you because I'm passionately in love with you guys. I believe that, that God has got such an amazing plan and purpose for us as a church. And, um, and so I do pray for you guys. And so I do appreciate your prayers too. Today, I'm talking about, my title today is, Tis the Season to be Seasoned. Now, I am going to explain, Tis the Season to be Seasoned. I was so chuffed with myself coming up with that title, by the way. I thought, oh, I'm being creative. It's not my natural thing, but there we go. So I'm going to start by reading a passage from Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill. Sorry, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put, it, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So as I was thinking about this passage, it occurred to me how much we use salt. Salt is so much more than than just putting it on our chips. I started to think about this because Jesus described us as the salt of the earth. And I wondered why Jesus would describe his people to be the salt of the earth. And so I started to think about that. So I thought, okay, let's have a look at what salt is used for. And to my amazement, I discovered how much humanity is dependent upon salt. We cannot survive without it. We need it, everybody needs it, for our muscles and, and to keep our bodies functioning properly, to, for our bodies to be healthy. And it's one, and I for one, I do like to put salt on my food, and we use salt a lot, don't we, to flavour our foods. I love putting salt on my chips, I must admit, so, so nice. Salt is used in um, preserving food because most bacteria, like um, or bacteria, fungi, or any organisms, um, cannot survive in a highly salty environment. Salt is also useful for dyeing and bleaching. It is used in the production of pottery, soap, and chlorine. I don't know, you may have known all this already. <laughs> it's all like... I was learning all this stuff about salt. We use salt, um, um, we put it on icy roads, don't we, to make the roads safe for the cars to drive on. Um, It can also be used as an antiseptic for wounds, and it's used in medicines to help people to recover and to heal. 
So salt is very, very useful. And it's used in lots of different ways to preserve, to protect, to cleanse, to heal. But what if salt loses its saltiness? Now, this passage is talking about salt losing its saltiness, and that if it loses its saltiness, then it's absolutely no use whatsoever. And I guess that, um, you know, if salt did lose its saltiness, then it would no longer be salt, would it? Have you ever wondered, when you've read this passage, well, how does salt lose its saltiness? And this is a question that came to my mind when I was praying about about the message that I wanted to bring to you today. And I found it really interesting what I found. I guess if there were any scientists in this room, they would already know the answer to how does salt lose its saltiness. But it turns out that salt is one of its is really is like one of the best known most studied chemical components and it is something that um, is so stable and strong that actually salt does not lose its saltiness it's really hard for salt to lose its saltiness it's almost impossible and so salt will always be salt so anyway i've got this little experiment here today with me now, if I was to put a little bit of salt on this teaspoon here, watch it go everywhere. I'm shaking. Oh, woo, there we go. Right. Now, do I have a volunteer to have that? Salt. Is anyone going to volunteer to take a teaspoon of salt for me? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I thought you might be a bit more adventurous, but never mind. Right, now what I'm going to do is put salt in here. Give it a bit of shake, stir, I mean. Stirred, not shaken. And then, now the thing about salt is that it dilutes. Eventually, it dilutes. There we go. I've not tested this out, so I don't know what it's going to be like. <laughs> right now, so there we go. We've diluted the salt. So we can't see the salt anymore, can we? So the salt is in there, it's still salt. You know, just because it's diluted, it is still there. So if I poured a little bit into here, I wonder if anyone would taste it for me. Go on, who's going to taste it? Come on, there must be somebody. Tono, brave girl. Now, what does that tell me? What that tastes like? Can you taste the salt? You can taste salt. Okay. She can still taste the salt. It's still in there. The salt is there, even though it's diluted. Now, if I poured more water in there, maybe if I had a bigger, bigger bucket and I poured that in there and I filled it more with water then the, the taste of the, water, the salt in the water would become less, wouldn't it? And eventually come to the point when you couldn't taste the salt anymore, even though that salt still exists, it's still salty, the salt never loses its saltiness because salt is salt, it just becomes diluted and we can't taste it anymore. So as we... 
read through this passage, and it describes to us that we are the salt of the earth, you are the salt of the earth. It also says that we are the light of the world. I'm going to come back to this, by the way. Now, thinking about the use of light does not really need to doesn't need much thought, because we all know like, what light is used for. If we're asked to think about light, we know that, that, that from light, especially when we think about the sun, we get energy from the sun. You know, the energy from the sun, the light from the sun helps plants to grow, help them to form, helps them to, you know, to produce food, fruit, food for us. Um, we know that, that light helps us to see in the darkness. If we didn't have light, we'd be all walking around in the dark. Light is used in dangerous situations to, to give us warning, like, you know, like um, a lighthouse will be, will be um, lit up really bright to help ships so that they know where the rocks are and they can get to the shore safely. Or we may even use lights for, like, cat's eyes. It helps us to see where we're supposed to be on the road. It helps us to stay in lane, and we can see the bends around the corner. So it's used as well for to helping us and warning us about things that are dangerous. So light is important for us in lots of ways. It gives us the ability to see. It is the source of life and gives us warning when there's danger ahead or dangers coming around the corner. It helps us in that. And in this passage, there is no question about light using, losing its light. Um, it's more about how light is used. And so Jesus is provoking us to think about the purpose of light. Light has its purpose. And if it wasn't light, then it would be no purpose. But because it's light, essentially, it has a purpose. You know, and it describes, it talks about um, um, a town, a city built on a hill. You wouldn't build a city on a hill if you wanted it to be hidden, would you? That just sounds ridiculous. Just like a light, it would be ridiculous to think, well, why would you hide a light? It's there to bring light and life to all of us there to benefit us all. And this is what Jesus was saying to us, that we were created for purpose. Our very essence, the reason that we exist is for a purpose, is for a reason. And when we are filling, fulfilling the purpose that God has placed in each of our lives, we bring glory to God. If you have ever created anything, I don't know if you're a creative person and you've created something and it actually works, then you're glorified because something that you've created is working. Now, if I made a whole load of gorgeous brownies and I brought them to you to have a taste and you're like, wow, these are the best brownies I've ever tasted, then it would make me look good because I created something really good and really nice and you enjoyed it. You know, we make God look good when we are fulfilling the purpose in which we are made. That is what happens. We seem to be entering a season full of 
food and flavour and lights and it's a season of, of lots of fun and parties and presents and, and family. And, and so I was thinking it would be a great time, a great reminder for us to be thinking about, okay, it is the season for all these different things that's going on around us. But also for us to remember that it is also the season for us to be seasoned, to be those that are salt and light in this world. In this passage, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people as well as his disciples. It seems that he is talking to a people that have become his followers, because when you look at the way he's talking them to them, he's not like he's not evangelizing to them, but he's like discipling them. He's like building them up in their faith. He's like telling them how can they be godly? How? What does it look like to walk in holiness and righteousness? What does it look like to live a godly life? And what's interesting about this passage is that as he starts to preach by telling them how blessed they are, he starts telling them how blessed they are at the beginning of that passage. It's with this crowd of people, a multitude of people, and he's on this mountainside, he sits down, he sits down with his disciples, he starts speaking to them, and he starts talking to them about all kinds of things. And he delves into teaching them about things like divorce and things about murder and um, adultery and, and all other kinds of instructions. And these instructions are to help the disciples, to help the people. How do they live their lives in a world where everything that's going on around them is so contrary to the holiness and righteousness of God? What does it look like for us to be salt and light in this world? What does it look like for us to be different to everybody else, to have different thoughts and different ideas? Everything that people think is okay, it's normal, everyone is doing it. And yet Jesus is here saying, This is how we live our lives. This is what it looks like to be salt and light. So I love how he starts that part of the the instructions and the teaching on on the back of we are blessed. We are a blessed people. And I'm going to read that passage. It starts in Matthew chapter 5 verse 1. It says here, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you falsely and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. And for in the same way they persecuted the prophets, you who were before you. He tells the people how they are blessed, how they will see heaven, how they will inherit the kingdom of God, how they will inherit the earth, how they will be satisfied, how they will receive comfort and mercy, how they will see God how they will be called children of God. Now, throughout the stories that we read in the Bible on the theme of blessing, we learn that God blesses. Not only does he bless individuals and groups of people for their own personal blessing, but it's so much more than that. God blesses people and individuals and groups of people for the purpose of them being blessed so that they can be a blessing. He pours out so much of that blessing upon them that as they go out and interact with the world around them, they encounter that blessing for themselves. This is God's plan and desire and purpose for every single one of us. God has blessed us. We are blessed. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. So when we see the flow of this passage of how we are a blessed people, and Jesus describes how we can receive more of this blessing, And it only seems natural that as the children of God who have encountered him and encountered his blessing and his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives, that we go on to be the salt of the earth and the light to the world because of what he has put inside of us. The salt of the earth that preserves, that protects, that cleanses, that heals The light of the world that gives the ability to see, that opens the eyes of the heart, is the source of life and gives warning and comfort in times of danger. We are blessed so that we can be who God has made us to be. And when we are who God has made us to be, we give him glory. Glory. He is glorified. He gives to us, he blesses us so that anyone who interacts with us experiences that. They get a taste of heaven because of you. You are blessed. God has poured out his blessing of you and and when you're out there interacting with the world around you, they're getting a flavor of heaven. Isn't that amazing? How beautiful is that? You and me. The world gets to taste heaven because of you and me. In the Bible, there are many stories that we can read about how God blesses people. 
so that they would be a blessing. He blesses people by giving them so much more than they need so that they can fulfill their heavenly calling within creation. The Bible starts with Adam and Eve. He blesses them and he says to them, go and rule, be fruitful. He blesses Noah and he says, go and be fruitful. He blesses Abraham and he says, through you, I am going to bless all the nations of the world. He blesses the people that that come out of slavery from Egypt. He blesses them. And as they go into the promised land, he blesses them and says that you are blessed. And all the nations of the world will be blessed through you. And there's so many more stories like that. The Greek word, makarios, see I have been doing a bit of research, makarios used in this passage in Matthew not only means blessed, but it means fortunate, happy, the privileged recipient of God's favour. You are the privileged recipient of God's favour. The Amplified Bible talks about being blessed as being happy and spiritually prosperous. Prosperous with your life. Prosperous with joy. Prosperous with satisfaction. Regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of our circumstances, we can be prosperous with joy and satisfaction. It's from the place of our being blessed with the power and the authority of heaven, blessed with peace, hope, life and comfort, blessed by being his children, blessed with the great heavenly reward, that there is an expectation upon each and every one of us that we become a blessing by being salt and light. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are the privileged recipient of God's favor. And we are to fulfill the purposes of God for our lives. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us and Jesus before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. You have been blessed. So go and be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. People you work with could do with a little bit of salt and light. Your workplace could do with a little bit of salt and light. Maybe your family right now could do with a bit of salt and light. Maybe your homes or the streets that you live on, the people that you interact with need a bit of salt and light. Maybe the stranger that the Holy Spirit might prompt you to speak to could do with a bit of salt and light. 
And in our worship time today, Rakaya came and brought this testimony of how when she just started speaking to somebody, they, they broke down and they just experienced salt and light from Rakaya that came into her heart and life and made a difference to her. That's God's plan and purpose for every single one of us, wherever we go, you know, whoever we counter, whoever we are with, we are supposed to be this salt and light making a difference. If you're wondering how could you be salt and light, be a person who does preserve, protect, cleanses, heals, bring light to someone's heart and life, give, um, you know, help those who are struggling or maybe faced with danger or anxieties or problems. What is the answer to that? How do we do that? You know, it's by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is given to us, it's God's blessing to us, is the way in which we encounter every spiritual blessing that is available to us. And if there's anyone today that's never had prayer to be baptized, to be filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then we would love to pray with you today. If you have never come through and speak in tongues, the tongues of angels, and being able just to, just to talk to him by speaking in tongues, we would love to pray with you today. Tis the season to be seasoned. Today you may need an outpouring of God, of God himself into your life so that you can bring seasoning in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need reminding who it is that's living inside of you. You know the Holy Spirit is willing you on, is championing you on and saying, go for it. Go and be who I've created you to be. And he is with you, helping you, empowering you. And he wants to give you the confidence that you need so that you can do this. The world is waiting for you to add flavor, to display the, the flavor of heaven. to bring healing through prayer and laying on of hands. The world is waiting for you to stand up as the salt of the earth and come against all that bacteria that's in this world that's destroying it, like hate and chaos and anger and criticism, selfishness and depression and so much more that's in this world trying to destroy it. And you, by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, are able to come against this bacteria of this world with love, joy, peace, faithfulness, kindness, justice, gentleness, forgiveness, generosity. And the list goes on. Don't you just love how bacteria cannot survive in a salty environment? Isn't that amazing? You are creating a salty environment where you go. Bacteria cannot survive there because of who you are, because of what God has put in you. The world needs us to melt that ice on the road, to make it safe, to clear the way. 
place so that people can encounter God and know Jesus. The world needs us to be light in their darkness. Where there is fear and uncertainty, the world needs to experience our confidence in what God has done for us. They need to experience that, know that, and think, how can this be my experience too? The world needs you. I do find it interesting that salt is always salt. That it never loses its saltiness, even though we dilute it a little bit. I probably should have put less salt in there, sorry. Didn't mean to make you <laughs> give you too much salt. Um, why did Jesus say that salt could lose its saltiness? Why did Jesus say that if salt loses its saltiness, then it's worthless? And this got me thinking and thinking, but salt doesn't lose its saltiness. And I realized that's the point. Salt doesn't lose its saltiness. It will never be useless. It will never be worthless. Salt will always be salt. Even if it's diluted, it's still there. It's still salt. You have a purpose, and that will never, ever change. We never lose our saltiness, because that's who we are in Christ Jesus. We will never be, we will always be a seasoning in this world. But we do know, however, it can be diluted. And the more it's diluted, the the less it tastes like salt. While it's diluted, it's perhaps not as effective. You know, we too can become diluted by the things of this world. You know, the world around us can dilute us. Perhaps it's when we lose our passion for the things of God or or we become distracted by the things that we think we need or desire or, or we think that we must have. Maybe we become diluted because the world has more of an influence on us than we do on the world. And the great news is that even though salt cannot be tasted anymore, even if it's really, really diluted, it's still there, it is still present. Is there something that could be diluting you today? Is this something that might be affecting your brightness, the light that that you are meant to be in this world? I wonder how many of us today feels a little bit diluted. Maybe you feel like you've lost your effectiveness as spirit-filled Christians. Maybe the worries of this life has pulled you in or the struggles and the striving of, of what you think and feel is trying to, is pulling you down and weighing you down. Maybe you've lost your confidence to be salt and light in this world. Sometimes it can take an immense amount of pressure for us to realize how far away we have come of being effective you know, the thing about the salt that's in this water, if I was a proper scientist and I had all the right equipment, I could evaporate this water and I would just be left with the salt 
again. Because the salt is still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's still salty. And so if I evaporate this water, then I would be left with the salt. Now God would want, wants to evaporate all that's diluting us today. He wants to bring us back to be those who are seasoned. Those that can go out into the world being those that bring seasoning. So we can ask him to help us with that. His arms are wide open and the Holy Spirit is there to help us. I know there's been times in my life when, you know, I, I, like, um, I believe God has got an amazing plan and purpose for all of us and for me and myself. And, and I want to pray for the sick and I've prayed for the sick and I've seen them get healed. And I need to remind myself do you know what? I need to be doing that more. I need to be going and talking to people, having conversations with people, and saying to them, can I pray with you to be, to be healed? Can I pray with you to, to know God's grace? Can I pray with you to... And, and I think sometimes I have doubts in my mind that starts diluting who I am and what I'm doing and my effectiveness. And it's in moments like that that I can go to the Holy Spirit and I just say, God, just burn it all away. (coughs) Evaporate all that, the the doubts, the inconsistencies, the things that's weighing me down, just die, just make it all evaporate. Because God, what I want to be left behind is this effectiveness to go out there and be the salt of the world light of the earth. You know, maybe one of the steps that we could make, simple step, maybe we could invite people to come to church. You know, sometimes we get a bit scared about inviting people to come to church and we think about what will happen if they came to church. And this is just a simple step. Do you know that more people come to church because they were invited they're more likely to come because they're invited than any other reason. What's the worst that could happen if you invited them? What's the best thing that could happen if they came to church? Who was your salt and light? Who was the one that helped you on this journey of coming to faith and discovering God? What would your life be like if they hadn't done that? What would your hope be of eternity and your future? Where would you find your comfort and your strength if you hadn't known God, if someone hadn't come to you and been that light to you, that salt to you? The difference God can make in your life is what we are, in, what we are offering to people The difference that God has made in your life is what we are offering to people. It is the season to be seasoned. It is the season to go and be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Let me just pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for your goodness and your faithful towards us. I thank you, God, that you bless us in every single way and that you keep on pouring yourself out into us over and over and over again. 
And God, I just pray for each and every one of us right now, Lord God, that we have a fresh revelation of who you are and who you have made us to be. That as we walk out of this door, God, that you help us to realize that we are the salt and light. This is who you have created us to be. This is the purpose of our lives. Lord God, as we realize that, as we have a fresh revelation of that, Lord God, that, that it, it, it changes our decisions, it affects the way we act, it affects the conversations that we have. Lord God, we want to reveal you, God. We want you to be glorified, Lord God. And Lord God, I just pray, Lord God, for every single person in this room, that they will have the opportunities to, to, to be that, Lord God that you will use each one of us in a mighty, wonderful way. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.